What's up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Brittany Ball of the Be Chic Podcast. And on this podcast, we talk about the healthy intersection between your money, career, passion, and purpose. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite topics, having a side business, side hustle, or just being a business owner in general. I love talking about this topic because I've always had a heart for entrepreneurship for as long as I can remember. Quick story before we jump into the podcast. When I was five years old, I went to school on career day as a businesswoman. My father helped me put together some fake business cards. I put on my Sunday's best and called it my business outfit and carried my little briefcase being the entrepreneur that I always knew I wanted to be. Fast forward to today, I still have big dreams as my own business owner, but it does come with sacrifice, careful consideration, and making very strategic moves in order to balance my side business with my normal life. On top of the expectation of making money to do whatever you want or actually meet specific needs, having your own business helps you pursue passions, monetize areas in which you may be very good at something, even if you're not passionate about it. And it helps you solidify your finances, especially in times of economic turmoil. But it does come, like I said earlier, as a sacrifice if you do not make the necessary steps to balance it out within your life. So in this episode today, we will be talking about that specifically with some of my best practices that have been updated over the years. My first couple episodes about starting your first side hustle was in 2018. So you can imagine I've learned a lot and I have a lot more to share since then. So buckle up, buttercup, get into this episode because there's going to be some golden nuggets. The first best practice I want to talk about is time blocking. Time blocking is very important when you want to make sure that you're taking care of the needs of your house, your family, and your social life before you are diving too far and too deep into your business. I've tried many different strategies over the years, and some of my favorites are ones that I've tried in the more recent years. I've talked about on a few episodes, but I have an entire episode dedicated to the 12 week year. I'll make sure that's linked in the show notes. That has really helped me identify my top goals for the year and then breaking down my tasks by week that helps me focus on the things that will make me money and make progress within my business. So consider that if you need help determining what are the key things you need to do on a daily basis in order to reach your goal. Another time blocking strategy that I really appreciate that has helped me many times in my personal life alone is the Pomodoro method. This is using a timer to break up focus blocks so that you are able to eliminate distractions. Again, if you're like me and you're a little bit ADHD, you have a hard time focusing on specific tasks because you easily get distracted and not just by your phone, but by any little thing that causes you to do something outside of the intended task at hand. As my husband calls it, you take a lot of GTA side missions before you actually get to the original task you planned on addressing. If that is something that is sounding familiar to you or you feel that you need to work on, 
trying the Pomodoro technique may help you with your business. Now, the way this can help you in your business is it helps you identify what those key tasks you need to work on and then eliminating all distractions to make sure that it gets done. The more projects or the more tasks within projects you're able to actually complete versus getting to 80% and then giving up, you will notice that your business will move forward faster because you are being very strategic about how you spend your time. There are so many other systems, and I do talk about these on my blog, bchicu.org, and on earlier episodes of this podcast, but I'll let you go back into the catalog to find those. You know, I'm all about my productivity and organization, so there's quite a few. But the key thing about this particular point is that you need to be able to identify what the key tasks are for your business that'll make you money. So that means not wasting all of your time on social media if you don't have a real strategy behind it. Not wasting all your time building products if you know you need to be actually selling the things you've already created. Being strategic with your time will allow you to give enough time to your business and feel happy about the time you're giving to it while balancing it with your personal life to do chores, spend time with family and friends, and all the other obligations that you already have. This next section is dedicated to identifying what those tasks are that actually get you to your end goal. Obviously, the end goal is making money and possibly even having time freedom. So you're doing less in your work, but you're still scaling your income. But you need to get to a point where you can do that. And that comes through strategic planning. Your strategic planning may be hard at first when you're starting out and you don't know exactly what is the surefire way to get to your monetization goals. So in the beginning, you want to focus on foundational things such as determining your branding, your marketing strategy, what your product or service is, building out your workflow so that you can execute at a high level each time you work for a client or produce a new product and so on and so forth. All of those things require you to learn, revise and repeat. Once you get that down pat, you now know the different areas of your business and how they need to grow in order to get to your monetized goals. So once you identify what those different things are, you can start to create milestones within your business, whether it be money based, reach based, you know, whatever you determine is success for you. When you know what your milestones are, you can then focus on the tasks that help you reach those and nothing else. Cutting out the fluff allows you to save time and only focus on what really matters, the things that are going to help you get to the goals you set. Many times, and I am guilty of this as well, I see people do things because they see other people do it, particularly on social media where the whole story isn't shared. If you just fall for the traps of others that say this is the thing that's going to get you six figures, this is the thing that's going to get you five figure months, whatever the pitch is of the day, you will continue to lose focus and not focus on the things that is actually working for you or that will work for you, but you haven't spent enough time to figure it out. Once you do figure that out, cater all of your milestones within your business towards that. 
Now, if it feels like it's such a tall task, that's where the idea of intermediate packets come into play. I learned about this concept from Building a Second Brain, and I did a book review on this as well. You'll see that episode linked in the show notes too. That entire book, that entire concept of building the second brain really helped me organize my thoughts and my processes within my business. And I want to share this particular one with you too. So intermediate packets help you take advantage of not having a lot of time because you're creating bite-sized packets of information or particular tasks that are part of a larger one. These easily become future templates, initial notes for a presentation, or a starting point for a checklist if you are just doing something very quick, but it's going to help catapult you into your next step. So an intermediate packet in my instance for this podcast is the structure and outline that I have created within Notion. I consider it an intermediate packet because every time I come back to Notion to work on my next podcast outline, I already have this template. It's a cookie cutter outline. And then I fill in my notes for the different sections in order to produce this podcast. If I was to go through this entire process of organizing my notes every time, I would be wasting time. So this template also helps me jot down really quick notes, even though I don't have um, enough time to create an entire outline. So literally months later, I can come back to an episode that I drafted that has quick notes, maybe a link to some external sources and some ideas that I have for different sections of the podcast episode until I have more time to sit down and come back to it. That helps me to continue to come up with new podcast ideas, even when I don't have an entire day or two to outline, batch record, and edit a bunch of episodes. This can help you as well with your time blocking, but also still making progress towards your milestones, even when you don't have hours on end to work on projects. So keep this in mind when balancing your life with your business, but still making progress. So the next best practice that I want to talk about is one of my favorites and you'll quickly see why, but I think it's also easily slept on. So make sure you perk up and you're taking notes on this section. So this one is talking about tracking your expenses properly, especially at the beginning. And wouldn't you know, I had to talk about something budget related, right? So especially early in your side business, you don't have any money coming in. So what's funding all of the tools and services that you need to sign up for once all the trials are done. Your personal money. But it is important to keep your personal funds and your business funds separated for tax time. Once you have all of your charges and hopefully revenue at the end of the year to reconcile, you want to make sure that it's not all muddled and combined and commingled with your personal funds. And I say this from experience. I've definitely been in the place where I was charging my personal credit card and using my personal debit card to fulfill some different transactions to keep my business running. So I'm sharing this because I made these mistakes myself. But you want to be airtight with your money, even if you do not have a bookkeeper or a tax accountant that helps you separate your personal liabilities and your personal tax liabilities from your business. And what that consists of is handling all of your money in a separate account. There's different business checking and savings accounts that you can open up. And some are free. You just have to research for those specifically. And then any time that you're contributing your own money, make sure that you're literally taking that money from your account 
and depositing it into your separate business account and just logging that as um, owner's contribution until your revenue is able to cover your business expenses. This helps you make sure that you aren't falling into the negative in your own account trying to cover work things or business things until you have enough revenue to cover it. And you keep an airtight ship when it comes to running your business and knowing how much you have coming out and coming in. If you realize that your expenses are getting out of hand where they are drastically more than your revenue, then that's an indication that you need to reevaluate all of your costs and be able to run your business for a short period of time with less expenses until you can build your revenue back up and meet the demand of the tools and uh, staff and services that you need and then be able to, uh, you know, bring things back in slowly. So all of that is easily identifiable when you are logging all of your transactions, when you know all your due dates and total amounts of your expenses, when you keep track of all of your revenue that's coming in each month and you have all that separate from your personal money. That way your family isn't suffering Hopefully your social life and anything that's financially tied, like going out to eat or doing paid activities, isn't suffering because all of your personal funds are going to your business. Keeping track of things from the beginning will save you in the end. And the last area of best practices that I want to cover are the different tools. Now, I have a laundry list of tools that I'm currently using or that I previously used but still love. And I will put those all in the corresponding blog post for this podcast. So make sure you go to that blog post in my show notes so that you can see the unedited, unfiltered entire list of my favorite tools for your business. I do have some that are very specific to certain types of solopreneurs. So whether you're a content creator or a handmade creator who sells on Etsy or you're a service provider who does contract work, I have different tool suggestions for you all in those different areas of side business hustlers, right? So stick around to just hear my top ones, but make sure to go check out my blog as well to see the others. So the first one is going to be Google Workspace for business. Google Workspace is like having a Gmail and Drive, but it is specifically for a business account. This gives you access to all kinds of apps that may have once been free with the personal accounts, but are now limited to just their business accounts. For example, if you want to have um, like a video communication tool attached to your business, but you don't necessarily want to pay an extra fee for a Zoom account or something similar, you can use Google Meet. All of their business features open up when you pay for a business account. You also get additional storage. That's where I store all of my files in the cloud versus locally on my hard drive. And it just looks clean and professional having my own domain with Google domains attached to Gmail, which on the outside, it looks like a business account but it's very similar to a personal Gmail account, so you can work through it very easily. When it comes to making your own designs, like a logo, um, your social media posts, and somewhat for layout if you're creating digital products, but 
I wouldn't do it. Uh, you can use Canva and I would definitely suggest their paid account because there's so many great features on the paid account. But if you want to take your design skills to the next level, especially when it comes to layout design for like digital planners and ebooks, I personally like using the Adobe Creative Cloud Suite where I use InDesign for all of my planner creation. It does have a higher learning curve, but your items look so much better than the ones created in Canva. Sorry, but not sorry, guys. <laughs> but also with Adobe Creative Cloud, I have um, Adobe Acrobat where I can do much more with my PDFs. Um, I do my podcast editing with their audio editing tool, long form video editing there, and so much more once you're dedicated to learning these different tools. And of course, I cannot go through all of this podcast episode and not talk about some of the money handling tools and apps that I use that can help you in your business as well. I most recently started a Stripe account for all of my payment processing. So any um, transactions that I have on my website, if you're purchasing my planner or any of my templates on my website, it's going to be paid out to me through Stripe. And there's also the option to use PayPal. I actually use both depending on the platform I'm using. If it only integrates with PayPal or only integrates with Stripe, I have an account with both. PayPal also gives out uh, business debit cards if your PayPal account is set up as a business account. So you can use it for payment processing and then also use that debit card to pay all of your business expenses. I'm not a big fan of that being like my sole business account where I receive money and payout. I'd rather have an independent checking account for my business but that is an option with PayPal as well. And then lastly, I have to talk about email marketing because it is one of my favorite areas of marketing for my personal business and in my professional life. And right now I'm using MailChimp, but that is because I've had a MailChimp account for close to 10 years now and I've been grandfathered into a lot of features with my legacy account and I still don't pay a dime. However, if you're looking for the most features for a free account with not a lot of subscribers, I definitely suggest starting out with MailerLite. And then there are paid accounts for once you hit a certain level of subscribers is not that bad. So I would definitely recommend that. Like I said, there's so many other tools that I would love to share, but I don't want to make this podcast too long. So make sure you go to the blog post in my show notes in order to see the other tools that I recommend for a business owner so that you can optimize your monetization potential and have a healthy balance with your personal life and your side business while still meeting your goals. So y'all, that's it. That is the advice I have for best practices when starting your business. Obviously, this was not like a deep dive masterclass into starting your own side business and starting to monetize your passion or skills, but it is a little glimpse into what I do in my life to keep a healthy balance between my business and my personal life and my main career outside of my side business. Um, if you do not employ some things that help you maintain that balance, you will make some sacrifices. People will be disappointed who uh, you care about and who care about you. So make sure you take those steps ahead of time in order to keep a healthy balance between reaching your goals with your side business, whether that be money wise or something, you know, not money related, but something very important to you. Keep those things in mind so that you don't lose sight of what really matters, the people you're doing it for. I hope this was a great episode. You know, we'll be back with this heat next week. But in the meantime, keep it chic.